Welcome everybody to Way of the Blade, the podcast. I'm your host, Phil Schneider from Segunda Caeta blog and author of Way of the Blade, 100 of the greatest bloody matches in professional wrestling history. And we're going to be talking about one of those matches today, Josh Bishop versus Dominic Garini from AIW, April 4th, 2019, with the aforementioned Josh Bishop who is part of this match and a professional wrestler out of Cleveland, Ohio, who has had a, had a big pre-pandemic 2020 and some big pandemic-based matches in 2022. It is one of the, uh, I think, uh, biggest rising young stars in professional wrestling, and I got him here on the podcast to chat about uh, violence. How are you, Josh? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, man, I appreciate it. So, uh, I, I mentioned to you, to you this when we were chatting before we uh, started recording. Out of the 100 matches in this book, I was live at two of them. So, I was live at Homicide versus Steve Carino in ROH. And I was live at this match, WrestleMania weekend. Somehow, I convinced my wife to uh, take a vacation in New York City and let me take one of those days of that vacation to spend all day watching indie wrestling. So this was a, this match happened at, if I'm remembering what, midnight? Very late at night. Yeah, maybe 11.30ish probably. I think we were like the second match. The show started around 11, so maybe 11.15. I remember it was, I remember it was very late and I was very tired. And, uh, but the great thing about this AAW show, which was my favorite show of that WrestleMania weekend from any promotion, including the, you know, including the WWE or any of them. I, I watched a bunch of them on a couple of them live and a bunch of them on tape. This is my favorite is you guys kind of as a promotion went said, well, it's late at night. Everybody here's probably been watching wrestling for seven, eight, ten hours in a row. We got to hit them with the. Uh, uncut raw we got to come hard and insane and i just remember walking into the arena and seeing uh uh damien like get getting smashed with like a a board full of forks and i was like all right this is gonna wake me up the thing about that show like that mentality like the crew which i thought was really funny was like aiw really is like a family in a way and like if you did, and nobody was else already on a show like, pretty much 35 people from AIW, we all rolled up at the same time, just squatted up, ready to go with the mentality that, like, all right. Because at that time, if you remember, like, people were shitting on AIW, like, why do you think you're running WrestleMania weekend? Like, who the fuck are you guys? Like, and we were just ready. We just had the mentality of, like, all right, we know what goes down in Cleveland, and all of our Cleveland hardcores know what goes down at these shows. And we're about to show the world. Funky motherfuckers, like, AIW is, not only does it belong, it is going to be the best show this whole weekend. Yeah, and I think you guys pulled it off, and I, and I do remember that. That was a thing where, where, you know, goofs on the internet were talking about, oh, what is this? Is this really a WrestleMania a weekend-worthy promotion? And I was like, all right, okay. That's that's dumb. For one thing, even if you didn't know anything, if you hadn't been watching AEW, I've been watching. I've watched a ton of AEW shows. I love AEW, and uh, even if you hadn't been watching your promotions, like you, that, that's a great looking card, right? I mean, you had uh, Shijiro Otani was on that card, right? How are you saying that? That's not a you know Damian six 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 was on that card. It's not like yeah, you were and Scott Steiner. Yeah, that's not. It's not like they were bringing out some some goobers who hadn't and, and you know. And I knew that like the group of guys who were AIW specific, 
we're going to come out and do that. Although I wasn't necessarily expecting this match to be what this match was because I was kind of uh, expecting it to be almost a shoot style match. So I had a completely incorrect opinion of what I thought this match was going to be when it started. Because I think you know, uh, Dominic Greeny, who you wrestled in this match, is a guy who has got a, 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 a black, is it a black belt or a brown belt? I know he's a, a ranked jujitsu player. Um, yeah, I believe it's maybe a brown belt, but I know that he was top 10 in the world in jujitsu. So he obviously has that, like, I mean, look at him. Like, look at his ears. Like, you can tell he's not playing around, you know? Right. And, and so my thought was, oh, it's like an I Quit match. They're going to work this, uh, they're going to work this, like, uh, like rings. And it was not that it, at all. No. So so talk, talk to me a little bit about sort of uh, the how this built up and how you kind of, how this match ended up on the card, how you guys sort of set it up. The match... Like, my feud with Dom started the November before that. I had a match with Tracy Williams in AIW, and Dom attacked me after. And then this was the blow-off to our feud, pretty much, in, what was that, the end of March, or, or the first week of April? First week of April, yeah. Yeah. And so it had been going on for, the, for like, four months or so. But, um, yeah, and I mean, we just wanted to, like, luckily... John Thorne just gave, I mean, Dom, that was his third show of the day, but, I mean, I was absolutely the most unknown person probably that was in a, ma- a singles match that weekend, I would say. That yeah. was my only match I had at the Collective. Like, not that, I don't know. Like, I think I definitely probably sometimes have, like, a weird chip on my shoulder of, like, okay, like, obviously I was reading into all those things that people were saying online. Not only were they saying, like, okay, if AIW doesn't even belong, then they were questioning, like, who's this Josh Bishop or who's this Dominic Garini? Who are these people, like, just a student? And, yeah, I am an AIW student. Like, I did train there. But I think that that weekend and that match kind of proved that, like, the AIW students aren't just students. Like, we come out pretty polished and ready to rock, and there's a very high expectation when you're an AIW student, I would say, of, like, your ability in the ring is going to have to be crisp. Like, you have to have it at least somewhat together more than other... And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, like, or trying to, like, shit on anyone else. I'm just saying that, like, at the AIW school, there is, like, this competitiveness and, like, determination, like, even between the guys in the school of, like... And it's all friendly competition. It's not, like, hatred. Like, everybody wants to be the best, but not by chopping anyone down, by just doing what they can to be better than the next person, because that's going to elevate the next person's game. And then, okay, I'm the third best now? Well, I want to be the best. So now what am I going to do? What am I going to change to become the best? If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And and the idea was... It, it, now, Dominic Greeny was an AIW student too, but at that point was part of the yeah. training staff? Yeah, he was the head trainer at this point because Johnny and Candace had left and moved to... Orlando, probably, I don't know, maybe almost a year, probably a year before that. Yeah, Dom had probably been the trainer for around a year, maybe, at this point. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of, I remember, somewhat the storyline of the match, right? Was that this? Yeah, the storyline was pretty much, like, I was getting bigger opportunity matches and winning bigger matches, and the trainer felt like his trainee was surpassing him, and it wasn't, like, having enough respect or... Whatever, kind of 
Right. You know, wasn't right. wasn't the most complicated story in the world, but 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 the yeah. idea was but the idea was that he was coming in. Uh, you were coming into something to prove to him. He was coming in to prove that he you hadn't you hadn't eclipsed him. Um, yeah. So I know you've been in some relatively insane matches since this. Uh, with uh, you had like a series with Math, uh, uh, Matthew Justice. That I think a lot of people have sort of. I think if they know knew you for something, it would be for that this match or those series of matches. But was this your first uh, like real wild bloody match? Uh, yes. And I was looking for. I've been looking forward to it for a very long time. Like I have a gigantic love and, like, appreciation and respect for, like, the art of deathmatch wrestling. And, like, growing up as a fan, I love deathmatch wrestling. And so, like, not that I'm a deathmatch wrestler, or I would never say that, or that I, like, am a hardcore or anything, but, like, I loved, like, to finally be able to get the opportunity to use some of those, like, little things that are deathmatch wrestling. Like, you know, like, skewers or, like, what else do we do? Like, skewers, thumbtacks, like, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right, sure. Uh, flight or fluid? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah, so so this was um, so you who uh who called this match? Uh, it's kind of like a fifty-fifty split, but I remember at one time Dom said something about how like like I always want to push the envelope, and definitely in this match I wanted to push it so far that a lot of the things Dom had to wrangle me in for. Like, I was trying to have him stab me in the leg with a knife. Like, <laughs> no, like, legitimately, I was looking up, like, where's the safest place to get stabbed because I wanted him to stab me twice. And then I'm not, because, like, because like, he said something to me at training one day that, like, really just, like, lit a fire under me in, like, a good way, I'd say. He was like, oh, well, if I'm going to submit, then, or he's like, well, if I'm going to quit, then you might as well find a way to try and kill me. So I was like, okay, I will think of a way that we can build a match where in, like, the next in like 10 to 15 minutes, these people are going to believe that we really do want to kill each other. I don't want to talk about the finish yet, but I remember watching it live after the stuff that preceded it. I actually thought, are these crazy motherfuckers really about to do what they're, what they're saying they're going to do? Like, I actually bought into the fact that you two guys might have been lunatic enough to try to wing Kanemura uh yeah. <laughs> like after watching him like actually because I, I watched uh i was at blood sport too so i watched phil baroni knock him unconscious uh with like a, a completely unpulled punch and i was thinking well you know he's completely insane so maybe that so if your goal was to make the audience believe that you might try to murder each other i there for somebody who's been watching wrestling for a very long time was thinking was concerned about these young men and what they are doing to each other as like a dad i was like no 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 i've seen this go wrong very many times i've i've watched i watched you know, one of the sheik and uh sabu almost burn down Cork at hall cut it out <laughs> Um, so I've actually been stabbed in the leg before, uh, Josh, I got, uh, I got mugged once when I was in my twenties and got stabbed, uh, four times a leg. I am not advising that you try that as a professional wrestling spot. Uh, just FYI. I'm not sure there's a, I'm not sure there's a safe way to get stabbed in the leg. I mean, the person that stabbed me wasn't trying to be safe about it, but, uh, it wasn't fun for a long time. Uh, um, but, uh, so that was, that was one uh, discounted idea. What were some other ideas that you had that that you let discretion be the better part of valor? In? I mean, I wouldn't say discretion was the better part. Like people just 
<laughs> were yelling at me as I had these ideas. Which was kind of unfortunate. I really think it would have been made it a little bit even better. But, um, I don't know. I don't really remember too much from then. Like, it, oh, I remember. At one point I wanted him. I have tried to call this spot it with every, like, hardcore slash deathmatch style match I've worked where I worked someone that has, like, a shooter kind of background. Like, when I worked Filthy Tom and Gage in a tag match, I wanted them to do this, and they both said no. Dom said no to this. Cause I want someone to – I wanted him to put the gusset plates on me and hold them and just shoot, kick them into me, or have a <laughs> gusset plate kick pad and kick me with that. But uh, each time I have been shot down, every time, but one of these days – so a, tw- a twenty twenty one goal is to have somebody shoot kick a gusset plate into your uh, into your yeah. ha- head? Is head what no, we're thinking? No, no, like my chest or my back. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, sorry. So let's talk about let's talk a little about the match proper. You guys come up. You guys were second in the in the in line after. We were supposed to be first, actually. You supposed to? Oh, we didn't know we were second until probably fifteen minutes before doors because. The 666 family wanted to become, uh, uh, they wanted to be first for some reason. I forget why. They just, I don't even know. But I mean, it kind of, that definitely hurt Dom later on because they used the doors that were for our match, their match. So when I gave him that awesome bomb off the uh, stage, I just had to use rummages of doors and chairs that were broken to try and, like, make something. So we didn't just splat. He really did splat. I was about, yeah. I was about, five, I was about six or seven feet away from that, and it, I was and and half the door. Oh my god! It, it it didn't look like it didn't look like it. I mean, the you know the thing about tables and things, doors and things like that in professional wrestling is it's supposed to look cool, but also be like a little bit of a like a like a cushion, right? Like you know, yeah. Tommy Dreamer can get choke slammed off the a scaffold through eight tables. And he can't through zero tables because he would die. But in that case, it didn't look like it helped at all. It just looked like you threw him off the balcony and he landed on his back and his, the back of his head, um, completely. And was he did he did he get knocked silly in that or did he just sell oh, it really probably, well? Probably, probably. <laughs> because it uh, it looked like there was it looked like it was a thing that would have you know dimmed his lights. You know, I guess for at least the second time in that day. Cause like I said, we, we, we mentioned he, he had that, uh, Phil Baroni, uh, match at Bloodsport where Brody just, you know, knocked him out. Um, so it, it couldn't have been good for his future ability to help his kids with math, uh, that weekend. Uh, what part, what thing in that match hurt the most? Cause if um, talk to other wrestlers and it's always something you don't expect. It's always like, you know, the, the skewers the didn't hurt. The thumbtacks? Yeah, because just because they were stuck in my hand so much, that's what was the worst. Because it was, like, stuck in, like, you know how you have, like, that webbing in between? I got one that went in, like, the webbing in my finger, <laughs> and that, I distinctly remember the pain of that. As he was putting the choke on me, I was trying to pull that out so bad. <laughs> so is that your, was that your first experience with thumbtacks? How do you get psyched up to, like, I'm going to leap into these thumbtacks? Oh, I mean, I was kind of mad because I placed them really poorly. I wish it wasn't my first run. Yeah, it was my first run with, like, all that kind of stuff because I wanted him to give me the, like, forward suplex, like the gourd buster where you land on your torso. Just because I was trying, like, my main goal with this match was, like, okay, nobody knows who I am. The expectations for this match are super low. 
there's going to be a few other death matches this weekend, or like hardcore style matches. I don't want to do anything similar to that. Like, okay, we're going to need some attacks. I don't think anyone else is going to go face first into them, or like chest first. So I'll do that. That's like that's different. Like I just wanted our match to be different and flow in like a sensible way, where it's like, okay, our first weapons we use is like a chair, and then we go up to like thumbtacks, and then it's skewers, and then it's like an awesome bomb, and then it's like at this point, like well, no one's gonna quit, so I'll just I'll just kill you at this point. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. The. Uh... I really like the the double stabbing. I was a fan of that. It makes me, this really, when I say this stuff out loud, it really makes me sound like a sicko. But uh, <laughs> I was a real fan of the double stabbing of the spikes. Was that, uh, was that, was that uh, inspired by BJ Whitmer, Jimmy Jacobs? Oh, of course. Yeah, we're both just, I mean, I mean, I know I am. I have assumed Dom is too, but she's like a huge fan of that rivalry Ring of Honor. Jimmy Jacobs is really probably one of like, I don't even want to say a dream match because I don't want to have just one match with him. But, like, a dream, if I could work, like, a six-month story or program with him, that is, like, I already got to do with Josh Prohibition. So, like, Jimmy Jacobs is, like, the last. It's, like, Jimmy Jacobs and Eddie Kingston, that's, like, my two that I wish I could have something with because I've just been such a huge fan of them for pretty much, like, since I started watching Independent Wrestling. Yeah, those are those are two guys who. Uh, I mean, those are a pair of guys. If you're gonna have a pair of guys, those are a pair of guys. Yeah. Uh, I've got yeah one of the uh, one of, I've got in in my book. I've got I write up Jacobs the Jacobs Whitmer actually the match from IWA Mid South, which I actually think is even though it wasn't really part of the ROH feud, is what I think their yeah. best match against each other. Uh, the one the from. No, uh, it was the, the I Quit. Oh, okay. Uh, I think I think he quits him. I think he makes. He, uh, the fin, the, always the trickiest thing in an I quit match, I think, is to have an I quit finish where you buy the quit. Yeah. I think it's the yeah. hardest thing. The, I remember the finish of the Jacobs Whitmer I quit match was, uh, was, uh, Jacobs driving the railroad spike into Whitmer's nuts. And that's it. You know, a guy's going to give you a vas- you know vasectomy with a railroad spike. You're going to say I quit, right? I mean, that's that's not a, that's a plausible way. You know, you can be a tough guy all you want. If somebody's going to if if somebody's going to you know uh, give you a, do a breast with a spike in your nuts and dick, you're going to say I quit. The finish to this match uh, was you uh, to describe to me how you guys came up with because I think I said that's the trickiest part. I quit matches. How did you guys come up with that I quit finish? Finish was definitely my idea and like my brainchild that I wanted to work backwards from. Of like, okay, I'm gonna attempt to murder you. Like, okay, so let's start there and go backwards. Let's escalate it that way. But um, yeah, Dom wanted to do one where we do like a Bam Bam Taz spot into the tax, which we did in the match, but not the finish because I don't know. I just wanted something wild and like, so I just thought. Like, fuck it, I'll just try and kill you. Like, at this point, like, in real life, like, you know what I mean? Like, if you hate someone this much at this point, like, what else is there to do besides kill them? Right. And so... And I was not going to quit. So that's why I thought, okay, cuffed up, and then I'll just start dousing you in lighter fluid, grab a lighter, and see ya. Or if you quit, you quit. But if not, then see ya. Now, was that lighter fluid? Yeah, that was lighter fluid, because I sprayed the crowd, too, because at that point I was so amped up. Like, <laughs> Sometimes you can feel like the wrestling magic, and people wanted me to take the lighter fluid out and not use it, but like 
I just thought that would be hokey. You know what I mean? Because, like, okay, when I sprayed, like, the crowd, in my head I was hoping we're going to have such a good match. And, I mean, not even, like, a good match, but, like, a violent match where people are going to be into it and they're believing everything. Like, not that they don't believe it. But you know what I'm trying to say here? Like, they're following it. They're into it. Like, this is good. And, like, if I pull this lighter fluid out and I shoot it out in the crowd or something because I'm amped up, like, I, that's something that I might do. Like, they're, they're going to be like, oh, what is this, water? Like, oh, yeah, this is, like, fake wrestling. So I was like, I'm leaving the real lighter fluid and I'm going to shoot the crowd a little bit. <laughs> no, this is real and I'm ready to rock. And then I'm going to start shooting him with it. And he can quit or he cannot. The, um... This is, I guess, the an advantage you can do this in a in a 2019 wrestling match where the city has yeah, banned uh, indoors indoor smoking. You couldn't have you couldn't have sprayed a, a crowd in 1983 in Memphis with lighter fluid because you would have ignited yeah. two or three fans, undoubtedly for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, so. <laughs> what it is the old smoke filled arenas? The lighter fluid into the crowd doesn't work, but I guess in a in a. In a uh, in 20, 2019, you could pull it off and not kill the fans. Um, yeah. So you didn't. Do you guys ever seriously think about using fire? Oh, of course, yeah. But I didn't. If that was going to be the finish, I wouldn't want to do fire beforehand. You know what I mean? Because like they would have already seen the fire. Right. What's the point? Um, if, if that makes any sense. Because like it, if you already do fire, what's the point of doing it again? You got to do something. Sure. Yeah, you got it. You that's can't. Yeah, that it makes perfect sense. Is that a, is that one of your psychotic bucket list things to do, though? And it, it's in addition to getting stabbed, is to at one point get thrown into some fire. It would need to be an outdoor show, probably, right? Um. Well, a little peek behind the curtain of me and Matt Justice. We were going to use fire in the middle of our match at the collective. That was going to be the original finish. Was going to be an awesome bump to the flaming table. But I just forget why. I don't know. For some reason, he just didn't want to do it while we were out there. Okay. <laughs> I really wanted to do fire. I want to do fire so badly. And even me getting set on fire. At one point, I want to adjust this. My big idea for the collective was going to be um, just I'm beating a Fonzie for some reason. Whatever. Justice turns around, scoops me up. And like we teased the lighter fluid spot that we did from the year before because I feel like that was not that it was like iconic, but like people remember that spot kind of. You know what I mean? Sure. Fonzie grabs a little fluid, douses me, I back on fire, throws a match on me, sparks me up, I'm flaming, puts me through a DVD through an exploding barbed wire board. But sadly, that didn't happen. But, <laughs> I don't think it's that sad. You're a young guy, Josh. You got a, a long, a long, you're, you got a long career in front of you, unless you don't. <laughs> so, you never know. You never know. Like, true. every match could be your last, so that's why you've got to go wild and out every time. That's true. I guess, I guess tomorrow is never promised. Uh, yeah. So if you guys have had, uh, so the, the, um, you guys have not wrestled, have you guys wrestled again since this match, you and Dom? Yeah, we wrestled at AIW's Bad Boy for Life, I think was the show called, it was Janela's Farewell Show. Oh yeah, I actually think I saw that match. <laughs> but anyway, the, 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 the audience hasn't necessarily seen it. So is this an, is your idea at some point to run this back? Or if you um, feel like you've, this feud is loved it will run this kind of match back with Dom probably but I would like it to like make not make sense but like I don't really know what I'm trying to say like I would love to run it back but I liked how we did it at AIW where it was a surprise show so like and it was 
probably six or probably a few months after our match in uh, New Jersey, so it was kind of fresh people's mind of like, okay, this is sweet, and like, so that was kind of cool. But or if we were like in another program, or if we were somewhere else, and they were just like, if it made sense from like a storyline wise, right. yes, I would love to run this match back, or even with like a different stipulation, like a dog collar or something. But not just like have the match, have the match. Kind of yeah, thing. that makes sense. I mean, I, I think I don't think you want this to be third from the top on an ICW show or something like that, right? You want it, yeah. it to be. You want to ha- if you're going to do it again, you want it to mean what it meant. Yeah, and I think that's kind of something that's extremely hard in today's wrestling because like everything moves so fast, it's like things definitely do not mean as much as they used to. But I love that in a storyline where, like, the death match or the hardcore match or whatever you want to call it is the blow-off to the few. Yeah, because you had a couple, it's three pretty long programs, right? You had the one you mentioned with Josh Prohibition um, and then the Dom one and then the one with Matthew Justice, right? Those were kind of all ones that lasted a while and had, you know, some real stipulations to them and kind of built to a to an ending. You were supposed to do the barbed wire match at this year's WrestleMania, right? Which, of course, yeah. uh, the world happened, and that didn't end up happening. And you instead yeah. ended up doing the blow-off at the Collective. How did, how was the Collective? Did you get out of the Collective without COVID? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> you, were, you avoided COVID. Not everyone did. That was a, that was a, uh, there was some, there were some people that, uh, that took some real life death matches out of the collective. Yeah. But, I mean, I got lucky, luckily. But, yeah, I mean, I've just been extremely, like, so lucky and blessed, and I cannot, like, thank John Thorne, like, enough for, like, every opportunity he's given me. Not even, like, in wrestling, but, like, in life. Much. And is what is your sort of like if you had to say what you're what you're hoping to achieve in the next like five years of your career? What would you say that it would be? Like if I you had to, I would definitely want to be on like a bigger platform or like a bigger star. Watch. Like I mean, I think that's everyone's goal really to like be the best wrestler or sports entertainer, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> On on this podcast, we'll call it wrestler. So that's your that's your overall go. And as far as the rest of the the year, you've worked so far. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure when we're going to release this. So maybe it'll be in 2021. But what you've done, you've this year, you've how many matches have you had during uh, COVID wrestler the COVID wrestling era? Maybe ten. I don't know. Not that many. Like which sucks because I had a lot lined up. This was definitely the year I had like the most. I probably had more bookings lined up going in from 2019 to 2020 than I had in all of 2019. Just Did... because, like, I was starting to catch, like, fire. I mean, that kind of sounds selfish to say. Like, I'm not trying to, like, talk, like, that I'm cool or anything. But, no. like, people were kind of starting to know who I am a little bit more than they used to the year before, which is always the goal. And then, so I was starting to get, like, bigger matches and, like, bigger opportunities started to work for bigger places. Like, I just wrestled for C4 in Canada, and I loved that place. That place was so awesome. Everybody up there was amazing from, like, the fans to, like, the office to the locker room. Like, that place was so awesome. I hope I get to go back there once everything is, like, back to at least a little bit of normal. Right. I think it's hard, especially hard to get in places like Canada now. They don't want Americans. 
uh, <laughs> show, showing up, showing up in their country at this point for sure. Uh, what was your, what was the, what was the, what was the mat, the, the, the toughest cancellation? What match did you have lined up that was your toughest? Like, uh... oh, it was very easily the match going at the collective, me and Justice Spinner with Barbwire, because I really thought, like, I don't know, I thought for some reason, like, him and I were just, like, hitting a stride of, like, fireness and, like, everything in AIW was catching fire. Like, we were on fire, I felt like. We had great shows in the beginning of the year. And I was like, all right, like, we're going back to the collective. Like, hopefully, we'll have a little more respect from having, like, a good show last year. Like, and we're, and, like, everyone thinks that was our peak. Like, everyone talks about how good that show was last year. What do you see what we got for you this year? Because this year's going to blow out last year's. And, like, that just sucked, like, for me personally at, like, I was just going to be the biggest match of my week, of my life that weekend, probably. And then, like, for the AW as a whole, of, like, all right, we're back to, like, part two of, like, Motherfuckers still don't think we're here to play. Like, we're going to show you why Cleveland wrestling is not something to be slept on. Yeah, I was. I I, I thought the match and the show ended up being really good anyway. But there was definitely a little. It wasn't a different atmosphere and a different yeah. sort of vibe than it would have been it, like in an insane packed yeah. crowd of lunatics yeah. from all over the world. Instead, was I a love and appreciate every single person from Cleveland, Ohio, or the Ohio area, or any IW hardcore fan that drove out to Indianapolis. Because when we did our first show back in that park in Indiana. We were kind of unsure what we were going to do about the collective or anything. And, like, when we went there and we saw the support of, like, the IW faithful, like, that made me and Justice just look at each other and go, yep, we're doing it. Because, like, these people came out here for us. Like, we owe it to them to put that match on that they wanted. And we're going to go out there and give it our best because we live in, like, a different world now. But we're going to go out there and try and give it our all for them. So a little bit uh, more uh, uh, background in you. So how did you you uh, started wrestling in what year? Uh, Two thousand seventeen, I believe. How old were you? I was nineteen. Nineteen. So you were just out of high school at that point. Yeah, yeah. The like, school used to start people in the spring and in the fall, and like I was still in school when they started their spring class, and I was like, okay, I'll just start training after. I graduate high school and stuff, and so then I got lucky and I was able to train uh, in the fall semester in that group of classes. But uh, I knew I was going to go to the AW school for like two years, three years, or whatever. Like I quit football one time because I was hell bent on going. But then uh, a few weeks later, I got the email back that he had to be 18, but I'd already quit sports. <laughs> So you you pre quit football with the idea of going to the school, and they said you got to wait till you're eighteen. Yeah, absolutely. I told the coach. He said you playing next year. He's like, we're gonna need you. I said, oh, you're not gonna need me because I'm gonna be trained to be a pro wrestler by Johnny Argan. Mm-hmm. And who was in that? Come back to school. <laughs> Did the coach just saw you go? How's the training going? You're like working on it. Gotta wait till I'm eighteen. Gotta wait two more years. I think I was a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And who was yeah. in your class? Uh, my class, so we all didn't really start out at the exact same time, but, like, Trey Lamar had already been training when I got there. Chase Oliver started a little bit after me. Uh, Parker Pierce and I started about the same time. Big Twan Tucker. And then Wes Barkley actually started a few weeks or, like, maybe months after me. 
probably a few months after, but it got hurt uh, training, so we had like wait until like the next year's class that they do. Because we were always going to link up and be the River City Shooters. Oh, sure. just hit it off right away. And that, so that, that's the tag team that you guys are in, if people who don't know, but should should look up Rip City Shooters. You guys are a fun team, for sure. And you that, and that's sort of a, and that's your sort of, that's your guy, right? Like, he's kind of a manager, kind of a tag team partner. Yeah, um, we're just like, we're just boys. Like, that's really how to explain it. Like, okay, when you look at old wrestling, like, look at the outsiders. Like, they were out there with each other at all times. Like, when he has a match, I'm out there with him. When I got a match, he's out there with me. Like, we got each other's back, like, in the actual locker room in the back and, like, out for real, like, and wrestling and, like, real life. And what was your – so what was your – this was your – you'd say this is your favorite match you've ever been in? Um. Yeah, probably. It was definitely probably the first, like, ma- maybe the second match I ever had where I, like – maybe this – no, it was definitely the third match I ever had that I felt, like, good – after a match of like, wow, like, okay, like, that was that pro wrestling magic was out there tonight. Like, I felt it. Like, I don't really want to change. Like, I was bleeding. Like, I didn't want to change. I didn't want to shower. I just wanted to, like, sit down for a little bit. And be like, okay. Like, uh, yeah, I did okay tonight. Like, I felt good, which is something very rare that happens. Eric Stevens, when he was talking to me. He uh, told me that I'm probably one of the most hard on themselves wrestlers he knows for my talent on one side. But I don't really think I have much talent. But that's very nice of him to say. So, what were the other two? Uh, what were the two other? What What makes the list of uh, Josh Bishop felt okay about it? Uh, felt okay know. about myself matches. Like you, had to make, you had to make a comp tape of after this, yeah. I felt okay about myself. All right. Um, me and Mance Warner. And like, probably like my, been like in August, uh, whatever I debuted that May or June, and then that August, Vance Warner had a singles match in AIW. I felt like that was my first match where I was like, okay, like this dude wants to wrestle like kind of a similar style match that I do. And then when I wrestled Hot Sauce, Tracy Williams, and Akron, me and Dom, obviously. I think the match when Justice and I went off the balcony, I think that was like a good. Maybe I wasn't even more impressed, like, okay, that was a good match, like, okay, I lived. But, <laughs> it was real dumb. I mean, it was in the best yeah. way you could call something dumb. Like, I re- it's like, oh, okay, all right, well, I guess they're still alive, so I could feel okay yeah, about was, enjoying like, it. I alive. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that was a good match or I was just happy I survived. But, and then, in 2020, I'd say I'd probably say, like a sleeper match that I think I had that I really enjoyed a lot was I wrestled Gary J at Black Label Pro. And I don't know why. We were just like on first and for some reason I just felt like alright, we're having like a that was just a good match. Like after I was like, Wow, like I'm not mad at myself for being too bad. Like, alright, that was cool. Because, like Gary J was someone I wanted to wrestle for a long time. And I was like very happy with how it turned out. <laughs> I mean, it might have sucked, but in my head, it was okay. Hey, look, uh, look, I, we're, we're, I, I think I, it sounds like you're harder on yourself than 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 most wrestling fans are. So I think if you say it's good, I'll, 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 I got, I got IWTV. TV. I'm sure that's on there somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, like, I'm well aware that I suck. Like, I know that, but I'm like trying not. To hey, look, you've got, that. you've got uh, more matches in my book than Hulk Hogan does. So oh, well, look at it like that. 
<laughs> so he said, um, and, um, and you're, uh, so you're, you're, you're a kid. You're 24. No, I'm 23. 23. Um, and so what was your, uh, we're, we're of different generations. So what was your wrestling growing up? What was the thing that you grew up on? I love TNA. I love TNA stuff. Um, <laughs> just growing up loving TNA. Like, WWE, obviously. And then this stuff, it was called PWO. It was essentially like AIW, light, in Cleveland, but it was like a rival Cleveland promotion. But it was run, it had all the same guys, like Josh Prohibition, Matt Cross, Gargano, like EC3, DJZ. But... Like, it was on this one channel called STO, which was like Sports Time Ohio. It's like a local Ohio ESPN. And I remember watching that all the time and just being like so amazed. Of, like, these people are wrestling in Cleveland, Ohio. Like, I cannot believe that. And I would watch that for, I watched that for years. Like, Matt Justice was on it. I remember when Matt, I remember watching the episode where Matt Justice got signed to the WWE and I was blown away. He gave like a farewell speech. And sometimes I think about that now and I just laugh and chuckle at it that like years later, these are the same guys I get to share a locker room with. Like, to me, that's, like, the cool part of wrestling. Like, maybe, I mean, I'm sure to a lot of guys, and I see when they come into the school, and, like, like the new trainees and stuff, like, not that nobody appreciates Cleveland wrestling, but, like, I don't know. I just have, like, such a deep respect and, like, a love for it. Because, like, growing up, it's all I watched. And, like, I just loved it. That's cool. I mean, you watched Match Justice on TV, and then you guys tried to commit suicide together. Uh, <laughs> like I told him one time, one time we were driving somewhere to a show, and I was like, you know what's funny is like, some people say like, oh, Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant. That was my childhood memory, and I was like, one of mine is Match Justice returns from the WWE to fight off the dead wrestling giant. <laughs> I was like, how sad is that that you were in my childhood wrestling? No, that's cool. It's interesting. I mean, like, like I said, I, 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 it's funny to me that there are kids who grew up on TNA. It makes me feel very old. Because, uh, you know, like, my, 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 my answer to that question would be like Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair, not uh, Abyss and uh, Samoa Joe. But, uh, so was, that, was it, was it, was it like when you were watching those Abyss matches, were you thinking, man, I want to, I'd love to be able to go face first into a, some, t- yeah. th- some thumbtacks? I mean, Abyss was, Abyss was my guy. One time, uh, <laughs> one time, Thorne, we were, he was like, when we started running our shows in Akron, he was like, okay, everyone give me a list of like, like me and Trey Lamar, Tom, like the Akron locals, people love you, little tell tickets. Not like, would get bigger matches, because like, hopes like draw more people to the show. You know what I mean? Sure. And so, I was like, I gave him a list, and like, Abyss was on my list, like, Homicide was on my list. Just like TNA guys, like Josh Pro, I mean, not that Josh Pro was a TNA guy, but he was on my list. It just, like, I gave him, like, such a random list more than anyone else that he had to ask other people if I was actually serious. Because <laughs> I wanted, because I put in parentheses in each one, I put, like, Abyss, Monsters Ball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just because I thought that would be awesome. You seem, like, you seem like you'd be crazy enough to do the Monsters Ball stipulation, isn't it, where you have to stay in a room for 24 hours oh, yeah. to buy a Monster Ball, to starve yourself yeah. for a day? I think that was the... you got to keep it real. Yeah, look, we're going to do Monsters Right, otherwise it's just a match, right? You gotta know you've... Yeah, I was supposed to have a Monsters Ball match, actually, but I got canceled due to coronavirus, and that's another booking that I'm sad about, only because the stipulation was Monsters Ball match. 
Who was and the Monsters was... Ball match against? Ryder Reed. Okay. And it was, were you guys going to stay in the room for 24 hours? I planned on it. Yeah, fucking, fucking hell, right? If you're going to do it, do it. I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully at least got to get, you know, like a, a power bar or something like that. So you have a little energy to actually wrestle the match. I don't know what the rules yeah, are about that. It should be like a quest. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to say about this match? I, you know, like I said, I, 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 this is one of the few matches in my book I got to see live. And I think that I have a real fondness for it. I really thought it, uh, it was like one of my real memories from that was a fun weekend going to WrestleMania and seeing, you know, some friends of mine who I hadn't seen for a long time and getting to do this dumb thing of going to four wrestling shows in a day. Um, which, you know, was by itself kind of a crazy idea. And, and I thought the match, uh, you know, was the high, was the highlight match of that weekend and a weekend that had them. And we saw a lot of great matches. I mean, we saw LA park and we saw Shinjiro Otani and some real all time greats. And you know, the thing that stuck with me was these two, you know, guys who had been, hadn't been wrestling very long, taking their opera, taking their, uh, seeing their opportunity and really seizing it and really going beyond what was sensible and uh, smart and really just saying the hell with it. I'm going to make this weekend mine. So I wanted to, you know, give you, I, I really have a lot of fondness for that match. I really appreciated what you guys did. Um, Thank you, man. I really appreciate hearing stuff like that because like, I was just really fired up going to that weekend. Like I remember the whole drive there just like, probably around like two hours like an hour and a half out like it just like set in like the realness of like all right like i don't care if i die tonight because i'm gonna go out there and try and prove everybody wrong that has no expectations of this match no expectations of the show like all right like all right like we're gonna go out there and show everyone what's up and like that we do belong because i definitely feel like we belong and i still do think that now and I'm really happy that, that so many people were into that match and like think people hold in a high regard because it doesn't mean a lot when like I mean we do like wrestlers we do really work hard like and it just it's good to know that like sometimes you don't always strike lightning but like when you do hit good like it's good to like feel that from like both the fans and people in the back like yeah. it's good to I don't know if that makes any sense no, no, totally, and I think it. I think it was. Uh, like I said, I you know, there, there in this book, there's a hundred of the great bloody wrestling matches of all time, and you guys are one of them. And I think and it's not out of place. I mean, part of the thing I tried to do in the book is get matches from all over the world and all over, you know, from from 1957 France to a tiny dirt uh, bull rig in Mexico to Puerto Rico to Japan to you know. Uh, a play a hall in new jersey and uh but i that's it, that match belonged so it it didn't i wasn't i wasn't stretching to get it in there or anything like that and it really is awesome that like out of the hundred of were even considered at all like that it really is awesome <clears throat> and also one thing i want to hit on real quick is i know you sent me the artwork for the book and i don't know how i did not bring this up at all but when i put the skewers through dom's ear everyone was so grossed out about it but he had been trying to do that spot, like, I have my gusset plate spot. He had been trying to do that spot for years, and nobody would do it with him, but he knew I was the only person that was crazy enough <laughs> to do it with him. So I had no problem 
stabbing with their bows. I put those right through his ear as hard as I could. Oh, that's... All right, man. Here you go, buddy. It, it was so gross, especially because his ear is so gross. That you oh, just yeah. you just felt like it felt like you were almost doing like a medical procedure on that ear. Like we have oh, to yeah. drain the pus from this from this. You know, this is a combat sports thing, right? You're, a lot of your wrestlers and you know, MMA guys have those ears as a sign of pride, and it really did feel like you were almost a a a, a, a doctor draining his ear. Um, yeah. I am not normally a fan of skewer spots. I usually think stuff like that is kind of gross. And I thought it was one of the few times where I actually thought it worked. Like, okay, yes, for this match, you're gonna take, you're gonna try, to, you guys are gonna try to kill each other enough that he's gonna stick these these sticks right into his, his repulsive cauliflower ear. Yeah, and like, definitely was gross and disgusting, but like, was kind of the point of like, I want to be at envelope pushing, and so does Dom. So it was nice to have that mentality of like, let's go, like, let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the issues that sometimes I have with deathmatch wrestling, uh, American deathmatch wrestling, a lot of times, is sometimes it feels a little too genial. You know, yeah. like we're a couple guys, we're going to go out there and do some crazy stuff, and look how crazy we are. And unless, yeah. you know, it's not, it's less, it's less like, uh, it's less like Buzz Sawyer, Tommy Rich, and more like Jackass, right? Like we're some guys who are going to do some stuff, and it's this, can you believe I drank this, uh, this, this, uh, forty ounce full of piss, kind of shit. And I didn't get you didn't get that. I mean, you were doing definitely some spots from that deathmatch world, but I didn't get any sense of geniality in that match at all. There was no like we're a couple of guys who were going to do some crazy stuff for the fans. It really felt like a couple of guys who were going to uh, going one of these. Somebody was going to end up. This is a deathmatch. Somebody's going to end up dead. And yeah, and that, yeah. no good. And I know I appreciate that. I mean, that's something I think that's missing in a lot in wrestling is that kind of idea of, you know, this is this is not this isn't this isn't a performance that we hope everybody enjoys, and we're not out there to put smiles on people's faces. We're out there to. I hate this guy. I don't want to kill him. Yeah, and I, I think that does kind of get lost a little bit today. Like today's deathmatch wrestling. No, I don't mean there's any disrespect to any wrestlers at all, but I feel like it, that sometimes it is just like do it. Like okay. Like, the light tube strike exchange, kind of, that's, like, the new popular thing to do. Like, if everyone does it, it's not as special, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. It takes away from it sometimes, because, like, okay, getting in the head, hitting the head with a light tube is not, like, does not feel good, like, from someone that's had it happen before. Like, it does not feel good. Like, it's not enjoyable. Like, it's not, like, like, it's slicing you up pretty badly, but... Yeah. Like, what do you do? I, I'm not a, I'm not an enormous fan of any sort of strike exchange. I, you know, you've been in some fights in your life. I've been in some fights in my life. You don't exchange. Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, the fights I've been, I punch a guy, and then now it's your turn to punch yeah, me, yeah. and I'm going to make yeah. a face, and then I'm going to punch you. No, you fight. It's a fight. So it should look like a fight, right? It shouldn't look like a, a forearm, and then we stare at each other and make like I... Oh, my constipated faces, and then you throw a forearm, and then I throw a forearm, and we wait for the crowd to cheer. I don't know. I, that's a that's a pet. That's maybe me getting a little old here, Josh, and being a pet, being a bit of a curmudgeon. But I always think when I see that stuff, just, no, just hit him like you're gonna hit him because you're trying to hit him. <laughs> and I, yeah, it's not gonna mean that in a bad way because I love death match wrestling. I have so much respect yeah. for it. But like sometimes I think people just do stuff to do it, and it like it just makes it stuff builds up and means more. When I think that's better. I think it makes it better. Yeah, you want a match, not a gif, right? Yeah. 
Right, you want to... We live in, yeah, but we live in a society where, like, gifts are what gets you booked. Yeah. Like, gifts are what's important, so it's, like, hard to walk that line. I don't know. I mean, I don't really care about getting gifts. I try to be the most ungift wrestler. Yeah, but I mean, the times that I think you've been gift, it's always been like, okay, that's the that's the part of the match where this should have happened, and and it it makes sense, you know, like I, you know, what I mean, like you didn't get up after flying off that balcony and then do like a couple of two point nine yeah. uh, close exchanges, and then a guy did, you know, like he just that was it. You fell off the balcony, and you can call the ambulance. So, you know, like, it, it may, it, it, it's okay, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a cool moment in a match. I love cool moments in a match, but there is something to be said for having it be, like, a real, have it suspend the disbelief, like you were talking about before, believing that these two guys hate each other and want to murder each other. Well, Josh, let's give me plugs. People can follow you on Twitter. Uh, follow me on Twitter at JoshuaBishop underscore. Follow me on Instagram, JoshuaBishopII, icon. And that's really all I got right now. Um, by the time this is out, I'm sure I'll have my merch store up out on Teespring. And that's really about it. I really got, I mean, who knows what the world will be like when this is out, but hopefully... Let's keep our keep our keep our fingers crossed that we can exactly. breathe and go outside and, and go to and have wrestling shows and not worry about everybody uh, getting sick. Um, there are a lot of Josh Bishop matches that people should watch if you're listening to this podcast and are unfamiliar with them. Uh, IWTV has got uh, to almost all the AIW, maybe you know close to all of it. I think there's some shows they don't have that you're on, but they can certainly do a a big deep dive. Uh, yeah. over there, and this match is available, I think, on I uh, on that yep. website as well. And they can go check that out or check out your uh, the your matches you had with the matches you had with Matt, Matt Justice and all the different stuff you've done over the years. It, like I said, I think it's a good time for folks if they aren't haven't bought stock in Joshua Bishop. My advice is get it now while it's still well. You can still say that you were you were in you were in it before everybody else was. Yeah, feel free to go ahead and become one of the fans that then if I become popular one day or I become a successful wrestler, you can say, oh, wow, I knew him when he was yeah. a jabroni. Yeah, Josh Bishop, he was, I saw him when, uh, I saw him when it was, uh, when, they, when he was with the No Consequences. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a deep, yeah. I saw him when he still had that brown hair before he was fixed up. Yeah, when he still like he had, when he hadn't, hadn't fully hit the gym completely, still had a little bit of a gut, wasn't all cut up like a like a, a monster. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, I really appreciate it, everybody. Um, if everybody's listening to this podcast, uh, the book uh, "Way of the Blade: 100 of the Greatest Bloody Matches in Professional Wrestling" is available for pre-order or order, depending when this is released on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So please, everybody, grab a copy of that. There is. Uh, some of the people have been reading my writing for the years. This is the best writing I've ever done. We have incredibly cool art. Um, just, but you might just want to buy the mat, the book for the art. It is really awesome. Um, I hope everybody get that and everybody check out my friend, uh, Josh when he comes to a town near you.